podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. great to have you with us once again tuning in online to Hope Church Gainsborough. I pray that you are well on this Valentine's Day. I hope you've had a great day so far. We're, if you remember, journeying through the Lord's ministry here on planet Earth, um, his three years where he was day-to-day involved in preaching and teaching and the miracles that Um, that were of that time as Jesus moved around the towns and villages where he lived. And we're moving at a really good pace through all of this ministry. In fact, uh, we're really close, believe it or not, to the end of year one of Jesus' ministry. Um, And today's account is really close. There's only one other thing that's recorded for us in Scripture before we roll into the second year, as it were. And remember, we're heading to Palm Sunday to that time when Jesus rode into Jerusalem and then that leads on of course to the Easter story. We've covered to this point uh, some key events. Um, We've seen Jesus perform miracles, remember turning water into wine, right through to healing people from disease and from sickness. And you'll also recall last week's miraculous catch of fish. So we're moving at a good pace and remember on Wednesday evenings for our Bible study we're sort of catching up the story to make sure that we don't miss some other key events Um, and we look forward again to Wednesday evening and thanks to Kev for sharing with us last Wednesday. This week though as we come to this juncture in scripture we see so clearly who Jesus is. You'll remember you'll have heard me say that we know as we see scripture that Jesus is fully man but also he's fully God and here in today's account is such an incredible display of that. There is no wiggle room, it's absolutely certain from this moment that we're dealing here with God in flesh. Jesus is man but he's also God. Um, and, and there's, as I say, absolutely no wiggle room whatsoever. This account is found in Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12, but you can also see it in Matthew and in Luke's gospel. And it gives us clear evidence, the clearest yet, actually. So what we're going to see in today's account is a story of a man who is paralysed, a story of a man who has friends around him, who love him, friends around him who have compassion for him, friends around him who are willing to move anything in order to get their friend before Jesus. They're certain that Jesus can do something. They're certain that Jesus can do something. And on this, as we've already said, Valentine's Day, I'm hoping that you've seen today in some form or another love in action. And we've already heard and seen some of that as we've started today's service. But love in action is what we see here. And this is great for us today. Love in action, compassion moving in order to help a friend and a loved one. 
And this account drips with both of those things. So let's go ahead and read it together. I'm going to read from my NIV Bible, as I always do. We're going to have a look at Mark chapter 2 and verse 1 through 12. It says this, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralysed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralysed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? A great question. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralysed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Shall we just pray? Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would indeed just open up our hearts and open up our minds that we might just see something more of your wonder and your beauty. We thank you for this opportunity that we've got to just come together. Father, differently, yes, Father, something that we're quite used to now as it seems. But Lord, I just pray that you would help us to concentrate, to just put everything to one side and just spend these moments in your word together. We thank you for all that you're doing and we pray, Father, again, as we look throughout our world that you'll continue to just bring healing and restoration that people might see their need of a saviour of the Lord Jesus Christ in their life and again Lord as we look now to your word we ask that you might bless us and encourage us we ask these prayers in Jesus precious name amen so Jesus is back in Capernaum. Uh, this time, it's impossible to come quietly. Of course, news about Jesus has spread. People have seen him, they've heard him, they've seen the things he's done, and they're desperate to see more. He's performed miracles, they want to see more. They've heard him preach, they want to hear more. They're eager to see and to hear so much more. And there's obviously, as you can imagine, a real buzz. Verse 2 gives us a glimpse into that. That the crowds were large enough to fill a house. Large enough, so much so that you couldn't get into the house. People were stood outside the house. It was chaos. People were desperate to hear and to see. Amazingly, in all this commotion, Jesus is willing to preach the word. Jesus is willing to preach and to teach to all those gathered. Um, and the truth, as we're going to see from this account, that not all were gathered with the right motive. But that didn't make a difference to Jesus. He was ready to preach and ready to share. And not all of the people there were with the right motives. And we'll come to that as we go through the story. But let's focus for a moment, if we can, 
on four friends. Well, in actual fact, there are five friends. One of the friends is paralysed and he finds himself on a mat. And there are four of his friends who don't want to see their friend continue in this state. They're bursting to do something for him. They don't want to leave him. They want to help. And this account shows us in verse 3 that these people had grasped that Jesus could do something. They'd heard enough, they'd maybe seen enough to know that Jesus can do something. They're not entirely sure what he's able to do, but nevertheless, it was worth their effort. It was worth this moment to be able to get their friend in front of Jesus, something that seemed completely impossible as a man who is paralysed on a mat, these friends were absolutely dedicated to getting this friend in front of Jesus, hoping that Jesus could do the impossible. And what happens now in this account is we see these friends get to a point where their love and compassion stretches beyond just the usual, yes, I'm willing to help. Um, and, and just work with me here for a minute. Often we can see things happening around about us and we do our best to do something. Um, but sometimes, and maybe you're different to this, sometimes when things require just a little bit more effort in order to make something happen, we can be put off. Sometimes we'll convince ourselves that we don't want to intrude. Sometimes we'll convince ourselves that we don't want to seem forceful or pushy. Sometimes we'll convince ourselves that walking away is the right thing to do. These friends here were absolutely dedicated to getting their friend in front of Jesus. They were certain Jesus could do something and they were willing to go the extra step, not just to do the stuff on the surface that everybody would see, but the stuff behind the scenes in order that they could get this man, their friend, in the right place. They hear that Jesus is back in town, and they're certain that he can help, and they're willing to make the effort. If they can get their friend in front of Jesus, he can surely do something. And there's a great lesson in this for us, church. You know, we may have friends who literally can't help themselves. We may have friends who quite literally are paralysed by sin. They're completely and utterly stuck. They can't do anything. They need friends around about them who are willing to go that extra step. There may be in a moment where they're un unable to move. And you know, church, what we have to do is we have to listen and we have to see the need. Sometimes we have to be inventive to get our friends from this position. Sometimes we have to be over-resourceful almost to try and help our friend or family member out of a moment. You know, sometimes we have maybe family and friends who just will not come to church. They won't tune in on a Sunday. They won't listen online. They won't walk through the church doors in normal life. They just won't come near. Sin has got them in such a way. 
And if we're at that moment where we think, well, I've tried and that's enough and I don't want to be too pushy or too forceful, sometimes we can miss the opportunity where what we actually needed to do was get up on the roof and lower them in front of Jesus. You see, sometimes we have to go that extra step because seemingly it's impossible. But of course, we can do it if we have the right motivation and the right um, incentive to get forward and to push because we want to bring life to people. And the only place that they're going to find life is at the foot of the cross. The only place that they're going to find life is at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here in this account, we want for us today to be able to see that there is a place where sin's chains are broken. There is a place where we can find healing and restoration. There is a place where even our friends or family members who seem like they're adamant and on their road to destruction, there is a place where things can be found to be well and this is at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and these four friends show us that sometimes we have to be persistent they make an effort not once but twice let's have a look at verse 4 and it just says this as we again read from the NIV since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. Because they couldn't get the hustle, the bustle, the crowd, there were so many people, there is no way we're going to get our friend to him today. Let's turn around and let's hope for an opening tomorrow. Church, this pushes us, doesn't it? because we have to act now. Now is the time for people to hear. Now is the time for people to come under the sound of the gospel, for people to hear the good news about Jesus Christ. Now is the time. We realise how fragile life is. We've realised it so much more over these past 12 months. We have to share the gospel. We have to bring people the good news. Now is the time. And these friends at the first opening, they could have turned around and said, look, it's just impossible today. But they didn't. They found a way. It seemed like there wasn't a way, but they thought and they made the effort. And it's incredible because it really motivates us. It pushes us to go that extra step. You know, they remember this guy on the mat. He obviously is going to weigh some weight. They have got him on a mat. They're dragging him up some stairs onto a rooftop. Not only then when they get onto the rooftop, they've got to move all the stuff, the tiles and the, the things that are in the way in order to lower their friend down. They've got to tie rope on the corners of the mat. They've got to work out how to get him down and they find where Jesus is in the room and they lower their friend at his feet. The effort for this to happen, it's not just we'll go on a whim, it's we're going to make this happen. What a difference that is to our psychology. We're not just going with a slight hope that something can happen. We're going with a certainty that God can make a difference. We're going with a certainty that Jesus is going to do something. 
Church, you know, we're encouraged by the word to be like that. Not just to step into a moment and think, well, it might happen, but to step into it knowing that Jesus can, knowing that God can, knowing that nothing is impossible for him, knowing that through Christ I can do all things. This is what the word tells us, and this is what we're encouraged to do by this word today. They were committed. They hauled their friend up on the roof. They made a hole in the roof and they lowered him down to Jesus. Jesus was preaching. Jesus was sharing the word. But these friends were determined to show love in action. But also, not only is there love in action, we see what Jesus says to them in the next verses that shows us that their faith, of course, is in action. Verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralysed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. When Jesus saw their faith, isn't that amazing? Faith is something that is intrinsic. It's inside of us. We have faith in. But here, faith is tangible. So much so that Jesus saw their faith. It, this is We're encouraged to do that. Read through the book of James to show our faith in action. Not just to merely say, oh yeah, I believe that God can do anything, but to show faith in action. These men knew that Jesus could do something. So what they had to do was get their friend in front of him. And it is faith, church, in action. They knew that Jesus could do something. And that enabled them to push, even when all seemed lost at the door. And Jesus does indeed do something. And it's amazing because when you read verse five, as I've just done, you read over it and you think, ah, oh, brilliant. But actually, it must have been the oddest moment. The friends have worked so hard. They've got their friend in front of Jesus, a paralysed man. We don't know why the man's paralysed. Maybe it was a birth defect or perhaps because he's got the friends around him. Perhaps in this moment something tragic has happened and this man has had an accident and has lost the ability to move. These friends are desperate to get maybe him back to the, the guy they knew. They're desperate for that. We don't know that part of the story, but sometimes it helps us to put ourselves in the picture. It helps us to just grasp what's going off. And Jesus here, as the man's lowered in front of him, Jesus does do something, but certainly not, I'd imagine, what anybody was expecting. Jesus says to him in verse five, son, your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. Oh, can you imagine the moment? I mean, there would have been a bit of silence anyway, because all the debris falling down as the man was lowered through the ceiling. And the little bit of silence, and Jesus says, Son, your sins are forgiven. I bet you could hear a pin drop. Everybody thinking, I'm pretty sure that's not what they've lowered him down through the roof for. I'm pretty sure... They were after healing of a physical kind. Well, you see, that's what we would be after. But Jesus is after something so much greater than that. We see in the word today that Jesus is after our heart. Jesus is after our heart. 
So often we think that the physical disability here is the point of the story. It's not. The point of the story is that the man could find forgiveness. He could find healing from his sin because he was in the right place. He was at the foot of the cross. He was at the feet of Jesus. You see, we, we miss that point if we're not careful. We read over it and we skim by it. Jesus is here for your heart. Sure, the man was paralysed, but this church was not separating him from a relationship with God. Not at all. His sin was. His sin was separating him from a relationship with God. And the first thing that needs to be dealt with in anybody's life is sin. It has to be dealt with. Without our sin being dealt with by the Lord Jesus Christ, we are on our way, the Bible tells us, to a Christless eternity. An eternity without love, an eternity without God, an eternity without hope. And here, Jesus is so clear. It's all of the other stuff is noise. The, the thing that matters is your heart. We need to deal with that first. And Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. The first thing he does. But now, of course, the teachers of the law who just so happen to be in the room, I also find it quite intriguing that they were the ones that were sat down in the room as well. They've not come in just eking for some, they've got the privilege, haven't they? They're not stood at the door desperately trying to hear. No, they've got the seats, they're happy and comfortable. It paints a really clear picture, doesn't it? And here, they, of course, are now thinking to themselves, wait a minute, who is this guy who thinks he can forgive sin? Actually, only God can forgive sin. That's a great point. Let's have a look. Verse 6. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Who can forgive sin but God alone? Well, they're absolutely right. Only God can forgive sin. So that now tells us something that we haven't yet seen in the life of Jesus. We've seen him perform miracles. We've seen that he's a man who has authority, a man who can teach. We've seen he's a man who can heal people. We've seen he's a man who can perform incredible, miraculous things like water into wine, like a miraculous catch of fish. We've seen that he can do these things. But now, now we're seeing that this man can forgive sin. Only God can forgive sin. So what's happening here? Well, we've got a really clear picture. The evidence has mounted up. Now we're absolutely certain that Jesus is more than just a man. He is fully man, but actually also he has to be God. He has to be God in flesh. There's no other conclusion we can draw. We're absolutely certain now only God can forgive sin. And here Jesus is forgiving sin. So now we are seeing that he is God in flesh, without any doubt. But as always, that means that we have a decision to make. And these teachers of the law and those people around about, they have a decision to make. They've heard, they've seen, and now they're thinking, hang on a minute, how is this even possible? Can this be God? Can God really be here among us, dressed in flesh as this man Jesus before us? 
they have to choose to either accept or reject. And in this moment, at this juncture in the story, we can maybe think, well, it's hard for them to see that Jesus has actually done what he said. And Jesus sort of makes that point. He, he says this um, immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit, verse eight, uh, that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. Now, first of all, ouch. Did, did you miss that or did you see it? Jesus uh, knew what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? You, you know, the big, oh, hello. <laughs> why are you thinking these things? Jesus says, verse nine, which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your, son, uh, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. And when we think about that, well, both of them are pretty difficult, aren't they? But of course, we're dealing with God in flesh. So what's easier? Well, Jesus could say to the man, get up and walk. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He is God in flesh. In the beginning, John tells us, was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So right back in the beginning of the creation of the world, Jesus, who is the word, was with God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So now then we start to see, well, surely it'd be easier to say, take up your mat and walk. You put the stars into space. Hey, you know, you, you created the ant and the antelope. You created the giraffe and the elephant. You created me. You brought me out of dust. And now I'm here thinking, well, what is easier? Well, actually, it's easier for the creator God to say, get up and walk. And can you imagine this moment as they start to realise Jesus says, what's easier? Take up your mat and walk or your sins are forgiven. Well, naturally, they would think, well, I guess you can just say your sins are forgiven and we'd be none the wiser. But actually... That's the hardest thing, because that involves sacrifice. And Jesus here says, son, your sins are forgiven. But so they knew that what he was saying was true. He says, as we carry on, but I want you to know that the son of man, this is a title that Jesus used for himself, that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Get up, take your mat and go home. And that is exactly what the man did. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. Jesus is saying, look, I have forgiven the man's sins. How can I do that? Well, because I'm God in flesh. That's how I can forgive his sins. But so that you might know that the son of man can forgive sin, I'm going to say to this guy, get up and go home. This paralysed man, get up and go home. His friends no longer needed to carry him. This man could now walk. Jesus had healed the problem of sin and that Jesus had healed his problem of paralysis. Jesus had done what needed to be done in this man's life. Can you imagine the excitement, all that was, just the, how astounded they would all be at what Jesus has just done. Jesus has made it so, so clear who he is. And the friends now are in a moment where they can just enjoy. They can, you know, their willingness, their sacrifice, 
their persistence to get their friend in front of Jesus has gained them what we can only describe as the ultimate outcome. That this man here has now been healed of his sin, the first problem, and his paralysis. And it's incredible, isn't it? They brought him to Jesus. Why? Well, because he is able. He is able to do. And they found that out in the most incredible way. So the question remains for us today. What about you? Let's make no wrong assumptions in this moment. Let's be absolutely certain, as the title says, that Jesus is after your heart. He is after your heart. He wants to make you well. He wants to bring you into a relationship with God. The question is, are you willing? Are you willing to take the next step? Are you willing to push through the obstacles, the walls, even the roof? Are you willing to get to his feet where we can find forgiveness and we can find healing? If you are, then that's the place to go. We have to go to the feet of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus. The Bible tells us that he loves us. He loves us enough to have given his own life so that our sin might be dealt with. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. God so loved you that he gave his very best in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now's the time to let him in. He is after your heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you once again for your word today. We thank you for its encouragement. We thank you, Father, for the truth that we've seen. And we just pray that you would help us, Lord, to push through the boundaries, Father, to push through with any, any resistance, Lord, that we would get ourselves to your feet. That you would help us to see and to understand that that's the place where we will find forgiveness, a place where we will find healing and restoration. We just thank you for all that you're doing for us. We pray, Lord, that you continue to strengthen us and bless us in these times. And again, Lord, as we just worship you now, just be with us. Bless us, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.